you know, we've talked about obviously the um, uh, sort of music used now to assist in the homeschooling of children. Mm-hmm. Well, if you haven't listened to the previous editions of the podcast, I strongly suggest that you go back and do so because there's some absolute corkers in there. I'm not going to play them all now, but you should go back and listen to them because they're great. But I thought my friend John's Counting His Easy song was was the ultimate in, in all yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it, it doesn't. It's not even doesn't even crack the top 10. Because it's now been taken to a level where effectively Bell Biv DeVoe have got involved, right? Get off point. It's not, it's not, yeah, it sound well, it's not Bell Biv DeVoe, right? But it sounds like Bell Biv DeVoe, right? And um, a bit of new Jack Swing for the kids. Yeah. Love it. So this is from uh, they're called Blazer Fresh. And I this think is I've got a deodorant called that from CBS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've got to play you this. It's absolutely amazing. This is. We'll see if you can work out what it is trying to teach you about. Okay. What a what a what a cycle. Get out your seats. This comes complete with a video, by the way. Getting kind of thirsty in here. Fully choreographed. Water, 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 water cycle. Round and round and round goes the water cycle. Water, 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 water cycle. Come on, y'all, get down with the water cycle. Do it. Right. That's wicked. Right. So that's that's, that's taking hang on. off the water from from the sea and uh, lakes, and then taking it into the Cumulo Nimbus. Yeah. Do you want to know how that goes down? Do you want to know how that goes down? Do you want to know how that, know goes, how that down? goes down? Here we go. Precipitation, waterfalls down. Accumulation, water gathers all around. Evaporation, water rising from the ground. Transpiration, let's wet the water out. Unbelievable. Psych. 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 What just wrecked the mic? Ah, just oh, amazing. Man alive. I now want Q Tip and a tribe called Quest <laughs> know, to, to, to talk about alluvial fans uh. and, and glaciation. <laughs> they could do it. They could do it. Well, this, this honest to God, down, it comes with a fully choreographed video. It's unbelievable. What? Because, you know, the Mogul Verbs one was all right and very good, but it was just a pastiche of a, of a, of a current pop hit and it didn't really count. The lyrics didn't sit very well. Uh, and it was just a lyric video. John's one, green screen, is just sort of doing it quite nice and straightforward. And da, 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 is that, you know, like, like, like your, your cousin dancing at a wedding to a tune that they don't really know. This is on another plane. This really is. Fully choreographed outfits, you name it. Spitting rhymes about the water, 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 water cycle. I I love it. I think this is a whole genre of music now. This is like homeschool hits. Forget high school hits. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love it. Why didn't we have this? What did we had wordy? That's all we had. A floating <laughs> orb. Why couldn't Ultimate Chaos, being relatable and of our age, do? Some sort of three-minute rap classic about, I don't know, Midsummer Night's Dream or... Didn't one you know, of Ultimate was... Chaos have a kid with Jodie Marsh? Am I imagining that? You know, the woman who put belts over her neck? Yeah, I, I know. I know. I'm familiar with her work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never took geography for, like, GCSE level at school because the main geography teacher was called Bob Tripod <laughs> because he had a massive... Um, I thought that was actually his name then for a minute. I thought that's some nominative determinism there. There at work, but yeah, go on. He was he was also the husband of the school who was lovely, by the way. And the one thing, so this geography teacher one day, no word of a lie. So you know when you you're doing like inter year football, not 
in games, not in PE, but just when you're playing. Yeah. On the field. On the playground, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One day, my mate, James, hi, James, tackled this other lad, and Bob Tripod from the senior common room was watching this game of football, came out and sent him off. And we're like going, <laughs> we went, no, this is, a, this is a kickabout. And he goes, that's a blatant red card. You took the man, not the ball. And we're all going, we're just playing, we're playing football on our lunch break. And Bob Tripod came and sent him off. And we're like going, there's, there's no ref. This was literally jumpers for goalposts. <laughs> is is that the earliest and most low budget exponent of VAR that we've ever? That we've <laughs> yeah. actually, is, that, is that where the the, the the genesis of this idea has I come love from? The fact that Bob his, Tripod. His his lunchtime was so void of conversation and joy. He had to watch the kids play football. We was we were a fair distance away. We weren't the closest game happening. To the senior common. Oh, now you see. Now he's, 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 so he must have been he watching was... with eagle eyes. And he's like, he's, he's not even a, a bloody, what, what's the awful ref called? Mike. Mike Dean. The one that's Mike, on the he's not even Mike Dean, who's. Lee Mason's know, worse. About Lee Mason's three yards. Uh, oh, what was the Borough one called again? Jeff. Jeff Winter. Oh, oh he, he was, was such an officious get, he was. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't even like five yards behind the player or anything like that. He was. A good 200 metres away <laughs> to send off Hughes. Oh, man. There's, 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 you know, the snipers out there going, I can't even bloody see that. And yet Bob Tripod has been able to see it from, uh, from, from uh, you know, Massive. half a mile away. Massive. That's brilliant. Do you know what the thing is, though? As soon as you say Bob Tripod, all I can think of is, you know that in Toast of London, where where he goes, Stephen Toast goes into Jane's office and says, um, I want you to get me into the Globe. They've all played there. Peanut Whistle, Cockaboo, Bob Tripod. It's just, you know, even, even Heathcote Pursuit. It's straight. So commotion. Iqbal Achieve. Iqbal Achieve. Basil Watchfair. Peanut... <laughs> Una length, Dick Weirdly. Ah, oh, brilliant. But uh, that, Bob Tripod is straight out of that Bob, kind of Bob name. Tripod. Bob Tripod. Have you seen have you seen that? It's gonna be toasted does Tinseltown. Toasting no? Tinseltown is coming soon. Oh. So I don't know why. because there's not a week that goes by that I don't watch at least three toast episodes. <laughs> and Channel Four have seemingly surrendered it and the BBC are now gonna make new toast. Toast Oof. And it's gonna be, and it's gonna be toast in Tinseltown or toast of Hollywood is gonna be the new thing, although we all know it's really gonna to be Toronto because uh, that's yeah. where he films what we do in the shadows. But yeah, it's it's happening. It's happening. Oh, so I hope Mrs. Purchase is along for the literal ride, <laughs> and and Excellent. Bluff as well. Yes, it's oh. another appearance from John Ham possibly would be excellent. John Hamm is excellent in it. The the late what's his face? The guy who was in Blake Seven, Paul Darrow, was fantastic in it. He who, was the who one. Did he play? Who did he, he was play? the one whose business partner was a cyclops, a shy cyclops, and oh, they were they were producing their version of Calendar Girls. Stephen then became the director of Calendar Girls, but none of the women could remember their fucking lines. And Ed Hauser Black played the photographer who liked 
older lady naked, and then go and watch the episode. I was going to have to go and watch back then, and watch it now, um, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. And it's where the woman who keeps forgetting her lines in Calendar Girls has to get him back to London and does it by a plane, but then she crashes into the field where he was earlier filming a commercial with Jeff McGiven, who ah. plays lots of little different characters yes, Ray yes. Purchase, yeah. which was the 118 uh, song. It's the one where he was roasting a fox over an open fire in the English countryside. Yes, yes. I remember the Jeff McGiven, because I was going to say Jeff McGiven. I, I, I'm, I'm he's been, in, ev- he's he's been, been in every yeah, he's been season, of them. season as a different person. Yeah. Jeff McGiven, um, best known as Ivor Biggin from that, that episode. Of, <laughs> from uh, episode... Blackadder. Blackadder the third, yeah. Third. The, um, what was it? The politics where he becomes the the, the, the dunny on the world by-election. It's the yes. one where um, uh, Vincent Hanna is... Vincent Hanna, the, the like great Vincent Hanna. Hanna, appears as himself, as yeah. his own great-great-grandfather, <laughs> I think, is the in the credits as well. Who was the other guy in it? So there was Jim Shelley, who was in the first... He was in the same set as like Tony Slattery and uh, what's his face Frost uh, and the other guy who did the Carling Black Label adverts. And there was another guy in it, and I can't remember his name. Who was in the Dunny on the Wald? Answers on a postcard at Top Content Pod. Well, the guy is it not the guy who played Pitt the Younger? Oh no 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 no! The one of the other flamboyant guys. Oh, I've got to have was, to IMDb. It was, Tim, it was Tim McInerney. No 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 no. The, it, it was. Jim Shelley. Jim Shelley's a, a, a TV critic in the same vein as Ali Ross. No, Jim Sweeney. Jim Sweeney. Oh, I, 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 you, you, you're testing me now. I, I, well, I, Jim Sweeney did lots of improv, but then I th- think he has MS or something like that. That uh, sounds like a very dark episode of Blackadder to me. No, and, and Jim Sweeney sort of had a partner in crime who he did lots of sketches with. Oh, right, okay. Blackadder... Sorry, sorry, listener. Car- I'm just, carry, uh, carry on. I'm, you, I'm, yeah, I'm, carry I'm on. Googling. Find it. Find it. We need to do this. Blackadder Third, full cast and crew. Is it I'm Dish and Dishonesty, there. I think, is it? I think it's Dish and Dishonesty. Oh, God. It's such Because a... the first name of Pitt the Younger was is in real is Simon, and he's on Twitter, and he basically does a lot of acting training now. But his most famous role is playing Pitt the Younger in, in, the, in the couple of episodes of that series that he played in. Chris Barry... Uh, Steve Steen. Steve Steen. He plays Byron. Right, okay. Yeah. Jeffrey Jeffrey McGiven. Jeffrey McGiven. Jeff. Jeff, you're called Jeffrey. And Jim Sweeney. And Dominic Martelli is Pitt the even younger. A tiny wig. A tiny wig, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Lord above. Um, Did you see somebody pop up the other day on social media how Blackadder II finished on television? So you well, know, you know how it ends. It ends with them all it, with them all lying dead on the floor, yeah. and then Miranda Richardson stood over them as Queenie, but using but it's Hugh Laurie's voice dubbed over it as Prince Ludwig. Yeah, as in I'm going ah no, I'm this one I'm really going to enjoy, you know. And this this is like what when what's Blackadder second eighty seven eighty six it was it was it was televised um, shown in eighty six so eighty six yeah and what they did then which was. Weird for the time and was only weird until 15 years ago. They did a cold end. So it wasn't credits at the end. It was that. It was all the dead bodies, the bell yeah, yeah, yeah. tolling yeah. their deaths. Toll- yeah, yeah, yeah. And it then faded to black. Yeah. 
and then it was a promo for Lovejoy. <laughs> and so, somebody just went, ah, oh. nobody knows what happened at the end of Blackadder 2. And then it just goes into this promo for Lovejoy. It's wonderful. It just shows how even then they didn't know how to deal with this. One of the greatest comedies of all time. Now, if you listen back, podfollow.com slash topcontentpod to a lot of series one of Top Content, we slag off Richard Curtis something chronic because he is often in his modern films, <coughs> such a c- <laughs> Such a c- <laughs> But... <laughs> he will... Curtis and, and Elton will always get a pass just for Blackadder. Yeah. They almost ruined it with the boat that rocked. Still never seen it. Don't. Still never don't, seen it. Don't don't waste your brain cells on it. Oh, we started watching Criminal Minds, actually. I, I, wanted, I, I, I wanted to... I suggested that we watched... Um, Is Criminal uh, Minds the one with Greg in it from Dharma and Greg? Yes, because I noted that straight away and went, oh, it's Greg from Dharma and Greg. Blank face. And Mandy put... And I was like... Is that Mandy Patinkin? Because I can't, I can't picture Pan- Mandy Patinkin now without out of Homeland. <laughs> without with him, not, I can't, yeah. to, to go back and watch it because the first thing I ever saw him was Chicago Hope. Chicago Hope. Oh. But I can't, I can't watch him in anything now without immediately thinking of him as Saul Berenson with that sort of slightly wry, but obviously frustrated smile on him, and you know, a huge bit and all. That. And there he is sitting there as. But what I love about Criminal Minds, though. Is is the way that they? I was like, whoa! The way they've shot stuff with a green screen, shot bits, and then m- melded it together so that it changes behind them, so it looks like they're in a actually in a, a place. It's really clever, and of course, this goes back fifteen years, fifteen, sixteen years old now. Criminal Minds, and it is good, but the, I, I only have an issue with a, a, a episodic television like that because if it's when it's a whole story wrapped up in forty minutes, you can kind of. You, you yeah, know what it's, you it's know what's it's formulaic, but it's, yeah, so, it, it, so it's very good. Yeah, casualty. I mean, but that's why. I mean, Charlie like, Furhead will still get to f- anything he wants. <laughs> but the thing, right? But the the the, the thing is, is that um, I, I immediately think of these things now, and I go right when people turn up for one episode, and you think, right, it's you, you're the murderer. And the only thing I can relate it back to is is to my days as a student and working shifts and supermarkets and stuff, and of course. After Neighbours would be on at lunchtime or afternoon, um, what would be then be on would be either Quincy, Ironside, or, of course, the the best of all, Diagnosis Murder. Yeah. And Dick Van Dyke is a, a, a god in my eyes because that show was, let's be fair, not very good, but it was terrifically... Great theme tune. Um, and then, but, but it was clearly set up as the, the person that, oh, old friend of Mark Sloan turns up. Ah, right. He he did know a lot of shysters, didn't he? He did. Mark yeah, Stone. he did know a lot of people. And I'm just thinking, right, okay. But nonetheless, it's nice because it's one of those things that you don't have to overly, and you can wrap it up without thinking. Right, I've got to commit myself to like hour upon hour of this. I like to think as well that that beach house was Dick Van Dyke's real house. Oh yeah. Because in the first few series of Diagnosis Murder, they normally used to wrap things up in the office of the hospital manager, the one with the curly hair and the black glasses. And then in the it was later in Greece. episodes... Is it Greece? Yes! So he was oh, in my God, Michael, Michael, Tucci, Michael Tucci, yeah. And then in the later episodes, everything normally got cleared up at the beach house. And yeah. then Dick Van Dyke normally swung a towel over his shoulder and buggered off outside. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to think on those filming days, they just did lots and lots of endings in Dick's house. And then he just went, right, right you can all shove off home now. now. That includes you, Barry. You can be back for Sunday lunch. <laughs> well, but for now, okay. do one. Two things. 
firstly, the uh, to, to film it like that would be the same as them filming the end of um, Homes Under the Hammer because uh, uh, End of Homes <laughs> Under the Hammer. Go, now every it cuts back to the three of them, even though they've not been together at all during that entire. And they go right. We can't wait to see generic ending here, filmed in the uh, gardens of some nice hotel, you know, country house kind of thing. So what they've done is they filmed Homes Under the Hammer in the same way. Of, of diagnosis murder. I mean, really, there's a there's an opportunity for a sort of a, a, an amalgam of those two things, and it's based like a big game of Cluedo. Dick Van Dyke comes in as Dr. Martin Mark Slow, and with, with assistance from Martin Roberts and Dion, you know, to find uh, do all the research and stuff and find somebody that's been murdered in one of the houses that they're trying to flog on Homes Under the Hammer that day. I think that's that's definitely, definitely going to work. Also, point of diagnosis murder. Dr. Mark Slow knows a lot of dodgy characters, yeah? Because a lot of them turn up and then kill people. Equally, he solves a lot of murders, as does Barry. Barry, Barry Steve Sloan. He is a police so, officer. But how, with that um, that clear-up rate, how does Barry Van Dyke, how does Steve Sloan not get a promotion from Lieutenant? That's what I want to know. It's because I want to know what's, what's going on with it in the LA Police Department that, that a white middle-aged man cannot get a promotion from Lieutenant, despite clearing up those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of murders. Unbelievable. It's because, it's because his dad does most of the work. He does, yeah. All yeah. Barry does is swan around in a, a, a tan suede bomber jacket. Yeah. Slightly blues on in fits. <laughs> and he, he does run around a lot with his gun unsheathed, which is not what you do as a non-uniforming member of the LAPD. You don't run around with your piece unsheathed and Barry does that a lot he does it a lot amongst hospital grounds and yeah. places of public interest he's he's a danger he's only there because his dad's really good at solving those crimes do, I, do you know what I've just done I've just done without with unwittingly there completely unwittingly I've actually done a Fox News primetime segment there yeah the fact that you I, said I've, as a, a white middle aged yeah, man I've actually how done has that. Barry Sloan not yeah. got the promotion I, I, I was obviously kidding when I said that but I'm thinking actually that is a pretty good segment for them to do start wearing a yeah. bow tie yeah like that c- Tucker Carlson Tucker Carlson is it, is it Tucker Tucker he, yes it has is has he Tucker really Carlson. named himself after a character from late 1970s Grange Hill? Not his name, but yes. Oh, his parents have named a, him that. It's, it's I, I don't think his career has ever recovered since being absolutely, completely destroyed by Jon Stewart on Crossfire on CNN back in 2004. If you've never seen that, you must go and look at it. It's one of the most fantastic. Because this is Tucker of- who says, I, I think John says, at Tucker, something like, you can't take somebody seriously who wears a bow tie over the age of 13. And after that episode, he never wore a bow tie ever again. Oh, did he not? No. That John Stewart episode is fantastic. And I miss that John Stewart because I saw saw the first 15 minutes of Irresistible the other day and... I've not seen it because I, I refuse to, I'm sorry being a bit tight, I'll refuse to pay for it because it is available here to watch and I haven't bothered paying for it yet. I had tickets to go and see that for free. I would have gone to see it at the cinema, but I just have an issue with paying to watch it in my own yeah. room. Well, no, I had tickets to see it at the cinema for yeah. free before release because back in LA they did. I don't want to know, I don't want to know what you're going to get up to afterwards. No, they, they do these things where you get to see a film and then you do the whole scores on the doors. Oh, okay. It's the... the screen the test. Screen testing that everybody talks about. But Yeah. And you queue up and then they had enough people and they went, sorry, sorry. 
you're not going to be seeing the new John Stewart movie. However, here's a ticket to go and see another movie of whatever you like right now. So I went to go and watch Uncut Gems instead, which was amazing. Brilliant film. Uh, uh, Excellent film. The fact that Sandler didn't get a, a nom for that is poor. But then I watched the first 15 minutes of this is shit. So we watched the beginning of it. Well, we want we wanted to watch it because we just watched the morning show on Apple Yeah, TV I need to because, watch that. Yeah, I do. Because we're down that. and current. Yeah. And Steve Carell's an amazing actor, considering he was with Jon Stewart on The Daily Show back in 2004. And irresistible. Oh, it is. How would Morrissey describe it? Tawdry, probably very tawdry, perfunctory. I, I, I just wouldn't, I, just, I don't understand the necessariness of it. It's entirely juxtaposed against a, 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 you know a realist a realism that is not there. A situation. Perfect. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Top Content in Your Ears. Don't forget to like and subscribe at podfollow.com slash topcontentpod. That will open us up in your favourite podcast app. You can find us on social media, at Top Content Pod, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And as usual, Top Content has been a Top Content production. Mm-hmm.